about returning to your seats so we could get started. While you're going back to your seats, I wanted to tell you that last night I was driving home from New Jersey and I was looking up at the sky and I was wondering which one of the planets is God's favorite planet? And I finally figured it out. God's favorite planet is Saturn because he put a ring on it. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to tell you the same thing that Kardashians tell their husbands. I'm not going to keep you too long. But I'm going to con- Hey, Pastor George, they're getting hostile out there. But I'm going to be continuing in Pastor George's series about no fairy tales. So I'm going to read from John chapter 2, verse 1. The Gospel of John chapter 2, verse 1. It says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Jesus called his mother woman, but back then that's what they did. He wasn't being rude. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. The beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. So Jesus there in Cana did his first recorded miracle. He told, uh, he told his, his mother came to him and, and said, these people have run out of wine at the wedding. See, and back then it was a disgrace. If you didn't have enough wine for the wedding, it means that the husband wasn't able to provide, the family didn't have enough. And back in those days it was a disgrace. So the mother told Jesus, you need to do something. And Jesus said, it's not my time. 
but his mother didn't pay him no mind. He says, he told the servants, do whatever Jesus said to do. And Jesus told them to get these big barrels of water. And he said, fill them up with water to the brim. And the water, Jesus did his first miracle. The water turned into wine. So for the past 30 years, there's been a group that I've heard of called the Jesus Seminar. They're a group of scholars. You know those guys with suits that sit up in a building somewhere and study all these big books? And they decided that they would vote on which parts of the Bible were most likely to be true. And they decided to reject every one of Jesus' miracles as fairy tales. Uh, and they said, miracles are not possible. It's impossible. It's illogical. It can't happen. So all these big-time scholars got together, and here's what they wrote. I'm quoting from their website. The fellows concluded that the Jesus of history is very different from the icon of traditional Christianity. Jesus did not walk on water, feed the multitude, change water into wine, or raise Lazarus from the dead. He was executed as a public nuisance, not for claiming to be the Son of God. And in the view of the seminar, he did not rise bodily from the dead. The resurrection is based instead on visionary experiences of Peter, Paul, and Mary. And I've met many people through the years that the things that I'm believing for are impossible. God, you might as well give up. People don't believe in God's supernatural power. People, so many, don't even believe that there is a God, and they try to convince me. God's not going to help you. There's no miracles. You're believing in a fairy tale. How many of you have had people tell you that, that the God you believe, these stories in the Bible, they're all fairy tales, the miracles? But you know what? It's too late. You can't tell me that God doesn't do miracles because I've seen God's supernatural hand of provision when there wasn't enough, when they couldn't pay the bill. God always somehow, by the power of his might, came through. His protection, his healing, not only in my life, but the lives of so many others. We've had right in this building people healed supernaturally from cancer, heart conditions. Because God is a supernatural God. Why do you think the world, the world is so attracted to all these movies about the supernatural? They're looking for walking dead. But Jesus is alive and he lives in you. And he's, he doesn't want to stay in you. He's dying to come out and touch the people around you with his powerful right hand. You see, people have told me, 
that I'm narrow-minded as a Christian, that I've been blinded, that I'm gullible, I'll believe anything. Some people have told me that I've been brainwashed, that I use God as a crutch. And, and I got a few quotes from some of these Hollywood people saying the same thing. Here's Jodie Foster, the actress. Here's her quote. So how could you ask me to believe in God when there's absolutely no evidence that I can see? I do believe in the beauty and the awe-inspiring mystery of the science that's out there that we haven't discovered yet, but there are scientific explanations for phenomena that we call mystical because we don't know any better. Here's a quote from Brad Pitt. It wasn't when he gave up on God. See, he was brought up to believe in God, and he decided God wasn't real. And here's his quote. It wasn't a loss of faith for me. It was a, a discovery of self. I had faith that I'm capable enough to handle any situation. There's peace in understanding that I have only one life here now, and I'm responsible. I don't know if that, that's great for Brad Pitt, but that ain't me. Many times in my life, I feel totally overwhelmed, incapable sometimes of even getting out of bed in the morning to face one more thing, one more situation. And you know what? I don't have what it takes. Many times I feel totally weak to deal with what's in front of me. The, the sicknesses, the, the bills. See, I'm not like Brad Pitt. I don't have it all together. I'm not going to fool anybody. But when I get out of bed in the morning, I'm believing somehow that the same Jesus that did the miracles in the Bible, that healed the sick, that raised the dead, is somehow going to reach down and do the miraculous in my life. And God has been faithful. If he's been faithful to you, then let's hear you shout it out. You see, that's the miracle of the Christian life. You don't have to be all tough. You don't have to have it all figured out. I got nothing figured out. I don't know how I'm going to deal with tonight, tomorrow. There's things that I'm facing. I have no idea. I am totally clueless how it's going to happen. But I know when I sit and I remember the faithfulness of God, how he has, he has never left me. I have never been forsaken, even times when I thought I was going to end up homeless. In fact, when, when I became a Christian, right after that, I got a notice from the landlord that I'm being kicked out. And I was all worried and nervous. I thought I'm going to be living out in the street. And all of a sudden, one day, my mother, who was on welfare, 
called me up, and somehow she got all this money and said, I'm going to give you the money you need to pay the rent. After that, I knew that God was real. My mother had never given me a 10 cents. In fact, I gave her. But maybe some of you here, you're saying, well, you've seen miracles, but I've never seen any miracles. I never saw anybody healed. I never saw blind eyes open, which I have seen. I've seen people who were blind that we prayed for. All of a sudden, they were able to see. And they didn't have to sow a seed of money to get it like on TV. It's all free. The power of God is unlimited for you. Well, maybe you think you never saw a miracle. But do you know what? You want a revelation? You are a miracle. You are the greatest miracle that God can do. The greatest of all miracles is a transformed life. Somebody who was hopeless, was addicted, in a broken marriage, and God begins to put things together, where God puts you back on course, begins to draw out of you your gifts and your purpose. There's no greater miracle in this world. You see, if Jesus can... turn water into wine, then he could turn sadness into joy, mourning into dancing, defeat into victory. You want to see a miracle? Look around you. Now, why does God do miracles? Well, there are many reasons if you research it, but I want to give you two. First of all, what is a miracle? Miracles happen when the supernatural laws of God override the natural laws of nature. In other words, God is willing and able to break the laws of nature. To do what the doctor can't do. To provide what your family and friends can't give you. The, the first reason that Jesus does miracles is because it reveals the Father's heart to heal and to restore and to deliver. That's the heart of the Father. That's who God is. It's his heart. It's his desire to bring healing into your life. Not, not because you've done a lot of good things. Not because you're the, you've, been, you've read your Bible every day for 40 minutes. For no other reason, because he loves you. And he has compassion over you. He, he's desperate for you. And he loves to bless you for no other reason than you're his children. The only people that Jesus had no time for was the self-righteous religious people. 
the, the hypocrites. Because right after Jesus did the miracle and turned the water into wine in John 2, the next, the next story right after that, he went into the temple, he made a whip, and he drove out all the people that were taking money from the people of God, cheating them, using religion as a way to get rich. Doesn't that strike you as funny that Jesus brought wine to a wedding and a whip to church? <laughs> you, you see, it wasn't yet Jesus' time to perform miracles. He told his mother, hold up. I'm not ready yet. But he was so moved with compassion. He wanted to spare the family the embarrassment and shame. See, God wants to bless you. You can't deserve it. You need to begin to expect miracles in your life. If you're saying, I'm a child of God, then I get all the benefits. Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Pastor Ephraim, how much does that leave the devil? None at all. So Jesus has the authority over sickness, disease, poverty, lack, trouble in your job. Jesus has authority over it. The devil wants to deceive you into thinking that God's not going to help you because you're not good enough. You haven't earned it yet. You, you haven't matured. wants you to think that God is mostly angry and disappointed in you? Can I tell you that God is mostly in a good mood? He's not like people you've known who are moody. You know those people, you don't know how they're going to respond. One day, oh, they're so happy, they're hugging you. The next day, get away from me after what you did. That's not who Jesus is. He is not moody. His heart is for you, to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. You need to begin to expect it. These are the benefits of being a child of God. Expect that God is going to break into your circumstances. This, the second reason that God does miracles is to prove that he is the son of God and to prove that the word of God is true, that it's not a fairy tale. In, in John chapter 14, verse 11, Jesus said, Believe me, I am in my father and my father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see, these works, these miracles. In other words, your changed and transformed life is evidence that God is real and that the Bible is true. As day by day, I know we haven't arrived yet. We're, we're, we have, I'm, 
I'm a million miles away from where, where I want to end up spiritually. But day by day, you're being transformed into the image of Christ. And as God works that miracle in you, as all of a sudden, you don't feel like doing what you used to do. You don't treat people the way that you used to treat them. You don't speak and gossip the way that you used to. And when people see that, it brings glory to God and it proves that God is real. You see, you can argue with me all day long, but now that I've seen what God can do in the life of one of his children, I am fully convinced. Anyone else out there? Is anyone else, you're convinced today. You, you believe with me that God is who he said he, he is. He is not a fairy tale. He was not a story made up by men. And I'll go a step further. I believe every word in the Bible is true. And the proof of that is every one of you that turned to God. You, you know, you, you've seen the hand of God in your life. It's impossible to have a relationship with Jesus and, and not see him begin to work, begin to turn things around. And that is proof. That's the greatest evidence that the Bible is true. I'll do my old joke. This, see, this is holy water. <laughs> Should I say it, Pastor Joe? Okay. You know, you know how you make holy water? You take plain water and you boil the hell out of it. Okay. <laughs> Pastor George, why are you hiding? Moving right along, <laughs> I'm going to go to John chapter 4, verse 46. So I, I talked about Jesus' first recorded miracle. I'm going to talk about his second recorded miracle. And in the following weeks, you'll hear more about God's, the miracles of God. But his second miracle was back in the same town of Cana, where he turned the water into wine. And one day, he, there was a certain official from the court, and the official's son was sick. And when he heard that Jesus was in town, he went and asked Jesus to come and heal his son. And you know what Jesus said? Go home. Your son lives. The man believed and headed home, and when he got home, he found out that his son was alive, and not only was he touched, but his whole household believed. Amen. You see, you can stand in the gap for someone else. If someone else you know, they can't believe. If they're too sick, they don't have the faith, and you stand for them. You can believe for a child, for a family member. And both of those miracles show that God is a God. 
and that his heart is for families about generations. God calls himself. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, God's not content in losing a generation. I've talked to so many pastors who have written off this young generation. They're too rebellious. Oh, they're too wild. We'll just leave them alone. That is the total opposite of the heart of God. His miracles are to start and go after generations. I want to show you a person in the Bible who had that same, the, the wrong heart towards the next generation. There was a man in 2 Kings chapter 20 named King Hezekiah. And Isaiah the prophet looked into the future. He came to Hezekiah and he, he prophesied. He said, some of your very own sons will be taken into exile. They will become eunuchs. If you want to know what eunuchs means, ask Pastor George after the service is over. Who will serve in the palace of Babylon's king. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, that was funny. This message you have given me from the Lord is good. For the king was thinking, at least there will be peace and security during my lifetime. See, God spoke to the king and said, well, the, the trouble won't come on you, but in the next generation, your children will be carried away to other nations. Judgment will come upon them. And Isaiah thought to himself, well, that's okay. At least it's not going to happen to me. And that's, again, that's the total opposite of the heart of God. And I want to prove that to you right now. So I'm going to ask Yvette to come up. If you want to know what a miracle worker looks like, Here she comes, and I'm going to ask if the whole family that you came with could come and stand with you. And I asked uh, just to give this testimony about what God has done through her. Good morning or good afternoon. I don't know what time it is. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't usually be in the front talking. I'm hiding in the little corner. But Pastor Gary um, told me to, to say my testimony, a testimony I said in, in, um, on Sunday on um, discipleship because there's a, there was a mother that was talking about her, her children and what she's going through now with the teenage kids. And I remember what I went through with my kids. You know, their father was hardly ever there. I was with them by myself all the time. And being teenagers like I was and like they were, they knew about God, but they all rebelled against God. And they were going to parties, going to clubs, and 
I used to be so afraid. I used to have so much fear, but I was always praying to my Lord. I, I, sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning, God will wake me up and tell me, get on your knees. You need to pray. And then after, when my kids were grown and they started telling me their stories of what they were doing when they were teenagers, I realized that God was with them the whole entire time. God never left them and never left me. I know that our God will never leave or forsake you. And this is what I'm saying. Every night you will pray. And every time I would talk to the girls, I would always say, God is with you. God will never leave you. And sometimes they would tell me, I don't want to hear it. I'm an atheist. I don't, if there was a God, why are we going through this? But I will say, God, you have them. You have them, Lord. And guys, look at my daughters. They're all here. Look at my grandchildren. Look at my grandkids. All of them here. There's two missing. And I know, I declare with, with all my passion and knowledge of my God that's with us and never leaves us, that my grandkids that are missing will be very here, will be here very soon. I see ourselves sitting right there, all of us. So guys, pray. Don't ever stop because God never leaves you. God never leaves your kids. When, they, when you wake up in the middle of the night, you got to pray. That's because you know what? Your child is doing something that's not right, but God is there. And God is saying, we need to intercede. Don't, don't ever worry. I know that we are humans. We are humans and we are weak. But this is how I talk to my God. God, I know that you're with us. I know you never leave me. But you make me weak. You make me a worry word. But I know that you're here. So forgive my weakness and please, God, take care of my babies. I always say that. God bless you guys. Good morning, guys. I'm going to take... All the blame. I was the one that she prayed for. I was the one giving her all the hard time. My sisters weren't that bad. Um, when Pastor Gary asked me to um, share a word last week, I had no idea what was in store for the week coming. Um, since Pastor Gary asked me to, you know, speak and talk about how I'm, you know, standing the gap for my kids. I have two kids, two teenagers. How I pray for them. I said, sure, you know, I'll, I'll pray for them. And I'm struggling with my daughter right now, but. This week has been really a week that if you're going to stand in the gap and believe for a miracle from God, this week was it for me. And I got to say that up until this morning, I mean, my daughter really put me through it this week. She's away, but a character, a shady, shady character that I would never believe would be the one to stand up and call me and say, I'm standing with you for your daughter. You must, she, he, he told me, this morning, he says, you know, your daughter told me that you're a Christian and that you were recently baptized, and she was happy about that. And he goes, I got to say, the God you pray to must be real, because why am I here looking out for your daughter? I'm a Muslim, and I got to believe that the God you pray to is hearing your prayers. <laughs> and I told him this morning, I said, listen, every single day, my kids are presented at the throne of grace multiple times a day. And the Bible says that God will even use a rock. And if you are the rock, I'll take it. So I just want to tell you guys, I mean, God does hear our prayers. And sometimes it's so hard because it was so hard. I would text Pastor Gary this week. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose her. I'm going to lose her. And then I would turn around and I, I, the, the psalm that uh, Pastor George 
talked about last Sunday. Um, I, I want to I read it. It was um, Psalm 139. And God always gives us what we need right, I mean, before we need it, it's there. Because I, that psalm stayed in my heart when Pastor George read it. And so every single day this week as I was praying for my daughter, every single day I read the, the psalm and what I, I put her name in the psalm. And it's funny because on Wednesday um, a sister prayed and she said that we could use the psalm as a prayer and it had been what I was already doing. So I'm going to read Psalm 139 because if there's anybody here struggling with someone in your life that you're praying for, this psalm has really gotten me through this week and through the night. And when I was fearful for my daughter's life, this psalm got me through. And it's Psalm 139. And like I said, I put my daughter's name in it, so I'm going to put her name in it right now. You have searched Courtney, Lord, and you know her. You know when she sits and when she rises. You perceive her thoughts from afar. You discern her going out and her lying down. You are familiar with all her ways. Before a word is on her tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem her in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon her. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me to attain. Where can she go from your spirit? Where can she flee from your presence? If she go up to the heavens, you are there. If she make her bed in the depths, you are there. If she rise on the wings of the dawn, and if she settle in the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide her. Your right hand will hold her fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide her and the light will become night around her, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. You created her inmost being, and you knit her together in my womb. I praise you because she is fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Her frame was not hidden from you. When she was made in the secret place, when she was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw her unformed body. All the days ordained for her were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. And it goes on, but I just wanted to let you know, I mean, when the darkness is all around you, God is always there, and I'm living, living testimony. I mean, I called myself an atheist for many years, and my mom's prayers. How many of us are here because of a mother's prayer or a grandmother's prayer? So that's all I wanted to say, man. Thank you. Wait, wait. I, I'm just going to drop the rest of my notes. I'm going to ask for my daughter Margot to come. We want to, wait, come back. We want to pray for you. <laughs> so we want to pray for this family and anyone else here that you're believing for a family member, a daughter, a father, an uncle, that you're believing God that, that he's going to do a miracle, a mighty work. I'm going to ask you to stand right now, right where you are. And we're going to believe God for a bro that brother, that sister, that grandparent. We're going to believe God that for his miracle-working power, just as they prayed in the book of Acts, as Pastor George preached that. I think it was a few months ago, that God stretched out his hand. And they asked him, God, 
perform mighty signs, wonders, and miracles. We're going to believe that over you right now. And I'm going to ask Lee to get ready to come. In the name of Jesus right now, I declare that every single family that is represented here today is being revived, is being saved right now by the blood of Jesus. And I speak breakthrough over your family in Jesus' name. And we call in the prodigals right now, the prodigal sons and daughters. We call you into the arms of Jesus. We call you into the arms of daddy God right now and we say come into the perfect love of God in Jesus name and I just feel that there are people that are so heavy this morning I could feel your heart feel so heavy because your mother your father your sister your brother your children whoever it is is not saved today I'm standing here for my mother my mother has stage four cancer right now she's in hospital and she still hasn't received Jesus as her Lord. So I'm standing here with you today. Today is the day of salvation for our family members. I declare it in Jesus' name. There is nothing impossible with Jesus. When I became a teenager, I wanted to fit in in high school, and I started to drift away from God. I I didn't want to lift my hands anymore. I was so embarrassed, but George was my youth pastor. I wasn't going to go too far from God, and I would just weep and weep. I'm so sorry, and God would convict me every Friday night until he completely revived my heart. I know that my dad would kneel uh, at the altars every Sunday. People would tell me Sunday after Sunday, He would cry out for me when I wasn't allowed to go to church as a little girl. My mother was wrapped up in Orthodox Judaism and didn't allow me to go to church for about three years. And I longed to go to church as a little girl. But the Lord kept me. I would be uh, too afraid to worship God sometimes in front of my mom. I would go in my bathroom and I would jump up and down and I would have church all by myself in my bathroom. God can meet with you wherever you're at. It doesn't matter. And maybe you're going to go home today and you feel like you've been afraid of family members, that they're going to be mad at you, they're going to persecute you. I want to encourage you today that those family members that have been persecuting you for all these years, God is getting them right now. They are having encounters with Jesus. God is turning them around. I'm believing with you. I'm believing for my family, for my mom and the Lord is doing it for your family as well there is nothing impossible with Jesus and so God in Jesus name the faith of God is arising I could feel faith rising up and right now in Jesus name we thank you for faith we grab a hold of that faith now I want you to persevere in the spirit realm and press in for that breakthrough and right now just wherever you are I just want to encourage you to call out the name of the people you're believing for right now Lord I'm believing for my mom right now my cousins my aunts and my uncles I just want you right now where where you are to break through and Lord we thank you God we thank you Lord for what you're doing as we pray just
just right now, every person here, if you have a family member that you're believing God for, for breakthrough, pray for them right now. Let's pray together. Let's pray together right now. Just lift up their name or you can whisper it if you don't want to say it out loud. But just pray for them right now. We're going to agree together. God, you hear our cry. You hear our prayer for our family members right now, Jesus. Save their souls, God. They're going to go to heaven. I declare it. I declare now is the time. Today is the day of salvation for them. In the name of Jesus, just lift up their names to the Lord. The Lord hears your prayers. He hears your cries. Thank you, Jesus. So let's just thank God for the victory right now. We thank you for victory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you for the victory. We claim them for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have, let's have a big fan for, for mighty miracle working prayer warriors. So here's what I want to do right now in closing. I asked Lee to come and sing this song all about miracles. And I'm believing that Jesus didn't leave the miracles back there in the Bible. But Jesus said that you will do even greater things than he did. So I'm going to ask you as she sings. If you need healing in your body, you need a miracle in your finances... As a sign of faith before God, I'm going to ask you to come down here and stand with me because I need healing. If you want to stand in for someone, like, like, the, like the ruler from the court, like the judge, he stood in for his son, and when he got home, his son was healed. If you're desperate for a miracle today, if you need that breakthrough, God is about to break loose all over you. So I'm going to ask for the healing team to come. And we're going to believe God today that he's going to do the impossible is anything too hard for God? Oh. Others from the prayer team can also come up and help. The worship team, if you could come up and, and just begin to believe God for the miracles that you sing about.
the glory.
Jesus, the blood of Jesus. 